Firepower with Will Johnson. Only at Band.Video. Good evening and welcome to FirepowerNews.com. I want to thank everyone for joining us this evening. Okay, so the left, they are attempting to destroy America from behind closed doors. The Democrats are acting as if this impeachment inquiry is the same when President Trump, when President Clinton was impeached. The Democrats are, have the argument that this impeachment is completely normal and is their duty based on the U.S. Constitution. They have also said that this impeachment inquiry is the same when they impeach Nixon. The impeachment process against Richard Nixon began in the United States House of Representatives on October 30th, 1973, following the Saturday Night Live, Saturday, listen, Saturday Night Massacre episode of the Watergate scandal. On July 27th, 29th, and 30th of 1974, the committee approved three articles of impeachment against Nixon for obstruction of justice, abuse of power, and contempt of Congress and reported those articles to the House of Representatives. Does any of this sound familiar to you? This is the same lingo the Democrats are using today when attacking President Trump. So President Trump is completely, and President Trump has completely cooperated with the Democrats, except for when it comes to admitting that he did something that he didn't do. And because of this, they are saying that he obstructed justice. They are saying he's abuse of power. He's using abuse of power because he took a phone call. And he's in contempt of Congress because he's fighting back. But we're going to get into all of that. But before we do, I'm going to show you the results of the Democrat policies in the black community. The Democrats have turned black people into victims and won't take credit for the stuff that they did themselves. They blame everybody else for everything that is happening to them. Now, black people, according to Joe Biden, when they get pulled over by police officers, they're the ones that's killed and murdered. It doesn't happen to white people because white people don't get pulled over. And Michelle Obama, she said that white people are scared of black people. It's absolutely crazy. And I'm going to show you a video today, tonight, to show you why a lot of people are afraid of black people because they've made black people into victims and black people feel like, oh, they've been oppressed by white people. So they have this attitude that it was done to them. See, if the Democrats didn't have racism, they wouldn't have anything. They use racism to control people to convince you who to like and who not to like. So do me a favor. While you're watching, if you're listening, go over to band.video, band.video, and go down to where it says Firepower News. Once you go down to Firepower News, you'll see the live feed. It will show up. Join us there. Let's head on into the studio. Tonight, we have a special guest in studio, Gene Ho, in studio. We're going to talk about his time with President Trump during the 2016 campaign and his views on how they're trying to impeach President Trump today. We are seeing so much happening to the American people through President Trump. They are attacking President Trump with this coup. This is the deep state that we're seeing happen. We are a part of this history. 
You don't believe me. You haven't seen, you haven't been paying attention to what's going on. Shifty shift and the Democrats have all been having these closed door meetings on how to take out President Trump. They're having witnesses come where you can't even question the witness. And I'm talking about the Republicans. And then on top of that, Shifty Shift is coaching the witness on what to say and what not to say. So we have a live show for you tonight. Ban that video, ban that video. Join me over at Ban that video. We're going to talk about this impeachment, the Democrats and how they're destroying this nation and much more. Will Johnson, Tom Pepper, FirepowerNews.com. We'll see you in a minute. You know, I want to remind white folks that y'all were running, running from us, <laughs> you know, because this family, this family, yeah. <laughs> this family <laughs> with all the values that you read about. Yeah, you were running from us and you still running <laughs> because we're no different than the immigrant families that are moving in, the families in Pilsen, the, the, the families that are coming from other places to try to do better. Yeah. But because we can so easily wash over who we really were because of the color of our skin, you know, because of the, the texture of our hair, you know, that's what divides countries. Artificially as well. Artificial things that don't even touch on the values that people bring to life. And being the first black first family gave America and the world an opportunity to see the truth of who we are as black people, as others. That we are just as and oftentimes better than <laughs> many of the people who doubt us. Yeah. See, you know what? That is the exact problem. Just do, humor me here for a second. Can you imagine if Michelle Obama or some say Michael Obama was a white female? Just imagine that. Just imagine if she was a white woman saying the exact thing that she's saying. What do you think the left will be saying? That's totally racist, that we're better, that we're this and we're that. I mean, seriously, is did anyone else pick up on that? Tom, I heard that and I came, I you know, I pretty much came out of my seat. I was completely upset. This is the problem in this country. You have people like her, people on the left that's keeping this racism alive. They want black people and white people at each other's throats. It's, it's a, it's an abomination. Well, will they do want different races at each other's throats? I mean, race relations got much, much, much worse under President Obama's tenure in office. They were worse under Obama than under Bush. They were worse under Obama than they are mm -hmm. now. I mean, say what you will about President Trump. He is a unifying president because he does not care about skin color. It's about what people bring to the table. But then the fact will, I mean, this to me, it's part of this leftist thing where everybody wants to have the same struggles that Africa 
African-Americans have had. I mean, the vast majority of African-Americans were brought to this country as slaves. She's comparing them to the Syrian refugees, to the illegal immigrants coming from Mexico and elsewhere past the southern border. She's saying they're all the same. No, these are people who are coming to this country illegally to take our resources and more often than not send them back to whatever you-know-what whole nation they came from. Meanwhile, I mean, it's, it's completely different. It's completely alien. And this should be offensive to people that she is belittling the history of one of the uh, a group of people who helped make America what it is and comparing them to people who come here illegally. That's what's really disgusting about her remarks. Yeah, 100 percent. But you know what? She's not the only one. You had you have uh, Maxine Waters. You have uh, Elijah Cummings, the late Elijah Cummings or now Elijah going away and never coming back. You know, I mean, <laughs> they create these situations that, uh, you know, for black people and then. When you, when you have someone like President Trump come along and say, you know what, black people, you don't have to live like that. You don't have to live in these rat hole conditions. And guess what? Then they call President Trump racist because he's saying black people, you can be better than this. Oh, a white person saying, saying that to a white black person. Oh, now you're racist. See, this mm-hmm. is the hypocrisy, the ignorance of the left. So we have a video where this is Elijah Cummings, what one of his neighborhoods in his district. And this is them. Creating, I'm assuming that they're creating a music video in this video that we're getting ready to show you, mm. but it's just what they're doing and they're the acts. And they say this is all acceptable in the black community. It's sickening. Let's go to that clip. So they're in the, they're in the uh, streets. They're holding uh, firearms. And they're pointing them at the, at the at the camera, looks like, and they're all dancing around, jumping around. And see, this is supposed to be acceptable behavior in the black community. This is the problem in America. This is the problem what you see with these black people acting this way. And they and they're and they're saying it's okay because they've been oppressed. The only people that's oppressing black people in this country are black people. It's not white people. It's been white people that's been helping black people. But black people are too lazy. They won't get off their lazy bus and go out and do something. So they go out and they they terrorize people. And on top of that, I guarantee most of them don't even have a father in the house. I guarantee it because. Had my son been out here doing this, I would get on him. You don't do this. You have to represent yourself respectfully. Tom, this is ridiculous. Oh, it's absurd. I first saw this video a couple days ago and the language, I mean, thankfully the crew has been able to bleep it all, but some of the language that these kids, some of them they might be 12 years old or using is reprehensible. And the fact, I mean, this is not responsible firearm safety, folks. You're supposed to keep your finger off the trigger and never point it at anything you don't want to die immediately. But Will, you honed in on something so important, and that's what the Democrat Party has done to black people, what nobody was able to do during slavery. They have destroyed black churches. They have destroyed the black family. They have destroyed everything that makes them a a wonderful group of people that have every right and ability to succeed just as everyone else. I mean, they have created this own problem that now Michelle Obama goes and attempts to address by saying everybody else sucks and the the first family is the only people that are good at anything in this world. This is honestly, well... The fact that this is in Elijah Cummings' district, this could have been anywhere in the country because yeah. of the last 50, 60 years exactly. of Democrat policies. Yeah, but it's Elijah Cummings of all places. So this <laughs> right. next video, this next video that we're getting ready to play, this one angered me to the point to where I felt like I wanted to be violent. 
And it's not good. It's not a good place for anyone to be. This next video really represents how the father has been removed from the household and how God has been removed from schools. This next video, viewer discretion advised, is so graphic, in my opinion, is it is the it is the, the the model with the Democrats, how they want black people to act. And this is completely above and beyond disgusting. Let's play that video. You say you banging beats, that's all I want to so, so you said you said Okay, so what's happening here is that there's a young black male in the bathroom. And like a school bathroom, it must be a private school because they all have on, you know, similar uniforms. So then they just start beating this young male up. I mean, brutally beating him up. And this is see this. This angered me so much. If I was this young man's father, I would go and hunt down each and every one of them and identify them. And if they don't find if they don't do anything about it, I will have to. Turn myself into the jail cell system because I'm going to go after them. That's exactly how I feel about that. Where are the fathers at in this? If my, if I, my son did anything like this, my God, I would beat him the same way. This is the problem with the black community in America, Tom. There's no discipline. There's no respect. They, they run all over the authorities. They, they throw water on police officers in cities. They, they beat up teachers in New York and in California. They make it a pass to beat up these teachers. This is disgusting. Well, Will, you said it best. I mean, this is what happens when you don't have a father in the home. This is what happens when you don't have authority in the home. This is what happens when you don't have God and Jesus in the home. This is the type of despicable behavior that has been brought on by 50, 60 years of socialism. I mean, yes. a certain president said he would get, and he didn't say a nice word, he wouldn't, he would get a certain group of people voting Democrat for the next 200 years, and it looks like and he did was it in 60. Right. And did it and in that, 60. Yeah, this LBJ. Yeah, you're right. talking about LBJ said so I have every N-word voting Democrat within 200 years and did it in 60. And then, then even today, you still have Democrats convincing black people that white people are bad, but uh, only, especially if they're Republicans and they're males. See, this is the Satan taking over on all of these people. This is Satan's work right here. What you're seeing, this is Satan driving these people crazy, driving the minds of these young men. We're seeing more of it. Wake up, America. Wake up. We've all had the opportunity to read this new impeachment resolution. Uh, it is so disconcerting. It's frustrating. On behalf of my constituents, uh, really all, all Americans, to see the, the blind hatred that Democrats have right now towards this president, the eagerness that they will rip our country in half. This process has been illegitimate. It's been without credibility. It's been without fairness. This was an opportunity clearly wasted by the speaker in drafting this resolution. It would have been a good idea, for example, to release the transcripts 
so that our constituents can know what's going on inside of this room. To be able to release the transcripts to our colleagues who don't serve on one of these three committees. I can't even imagine what it would be like for one of our colleagues right now to be back home being asked questions by their constituents about what's going on. People who might like the president or dislike him, local media, and they are completely in the dark. This resolution is a wasted opportunity because they're not providing that transparency with regards to the transcripts. It doesn't guarantee that the minority party is going to be able to call witnesses. We could ask Chairman Schiff, who has played the role of judge, jury, and prosecutor, chief strategist of lying and leaking, but there's no saying that he's going to actually grant our requests for any of the witnesses we would like to call, such as the whistleblower, such as certain people who are listed in a whistleblower complaint as anonymous, Ambassador Pyatt, Assistant Secretary Newland, that list goes on. This is silent, this transcript, with regards to any rights for the President of the United States, any due process about the President being able to have his counsel present at these hearings and depositions, to be able to present evidence, to be able to cross-examine witnesses. Get this, in this new resolution that was just introduced, Chairman Schiff is saying that the ranking member can yield to a staffer, an unelected staffer, but cannot yield to a, an elected member of Congress to be able to ask questions in that initial 90 minutes. That was Lee Zeldin talking about the Democrats' new push to impeachment. If you missed it, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi put up an impeachment resolution as apparently an attempt to uh, get Republicans to get off her back when it comes to transparency about this impeachment process, which, of course, there is still none. President Trump has no rights. He has no right to have an attorney present. The House Republicans have no right to call witnesses. They may not be allowed to speak to witnesses. Some witnesses have reportedly been ordered not to speak to Republicans. And, of course, you just heard unelected staffers, people who Schiff pays money to, may indeed play a major part of this process. So perhaps we shouldn't be surprised, but this is a naked attempt to destroy this president. This is a naked attempt to destroy the movement that he has created and to force America to descend back into the deep black hole that the Obama administration and the Bush administration before his created for this country. This is a naked attack on American prosperity, on the America First agenda, and it has absolutely no place in the halls of Congress. And clearly, they're doing this to whip their constituents, the left-wing Democrats, into a frenzy regarding impeachment in a, I, I guess they think that this is going to drive people to the polls. They think this is going to get people to donate to the Democrat Party, I think that they may just be digging their own hole and digging it deeper and deeper and deeper every single day. I don't know what the end game is here because, frankly, the Republican Party is raising millions of dollars off this impeachment probe. But perhaps what it really is is first we add Stormy Daniels with the payoffs, then we have the Mueller report and the fabled Russian collusion, then the Russian obstruction. Now, of course, we have impeachment. And this is all really 
just a way to keep Republicans from having any ability to actually make meaningful, lasting change. Because Congress is going to be tied up in this. They're forcing President Trump to become President Obama. I have a phone and I have a pen. Well, unfortunately, that just seems to be the way government works in 2019. But I think I'm stomping on Will's toes here. Will, did you want to chime in? (laughs) No, you're good. You're good. You know, this is the the Democrats excluding the Republicans from the whole procedure. This is the Democrats saying that we're going to do this without you. And they're not even asking them to join them because they know the Republicans are going to going to look, they're going to look at all the evidence and find out there's what's actually going on here. They know that the Republicans are trying to find out who's the leaker, not the whistleblower, but who's the leaker. That's what they're trying to find out because someone is leaking information, which you should be leaking information from the White House in the first place. See, the Democrats don't care about leaking because it's to their benefit. And that's all that they care about. So what's happening is that the Republicans can't even go in and, and ask questions because shifty shift. They're like, don't answer that question. Don't talk about that. So here's another video from Mr. Lee. Uh, where he says, uh, nothing to impeach the president on the sham today, sham tomorrow, and the, sh- and the sham from the start. I mean, it is a complete, total sham. So let's go to the video. Our constituents have been in the dark, but I'll tell you, there hasn't been anything behind those closed doors that you can impeach the president of the United States for. I'd be asking myself this. If last night an opening statement gets released... That's going to take a few minutes to read. Inquiring minds should want to know, well, what about the eight, nine, ten hours that followed? Time and again, you get copies of an opening statement. Well, what did Bill Taylor say for the following eight, nine, ten hours? What did he say about that fourth-hand information that he talks about, that only substantive reference to Joe Biden on page 12? So on the process and on the substance, this was illegitimate yesterday, It's illegitimate today and it's going to be illegitimate tomorrow. I'll tell you what, we're watching Democrats losing their minds behind closed doors today. There have been some bad moments over the course of all of these depositions where they have interjected to try to prevent Republicans from being able to ask important substantive questions. But they are their heads are exploding behind closed doors right now. Preventing time after time after time, question after question after question after question to allow Republicans to be able to ask the questions because, God forbid, we might stumble upon the other 99% of this story. Mm-hmm. This you resolution know, uh, should go down in Chucky, flames. Chuck, Chucky Ducky Chuck Schumer went on the floor and was saying that anyone asking about who the whistleblower is should be a, a crime. Mm. What about the leaker? They're not even asking. The, the Like I just said, the Democrats don't care about the leaker. It's, 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 I mean, seriously, this is a coup. And I don't think, I don't, you know what, Tom, I don't think President Trump really understands. I'm, I'm just saying this. Now, I'm not saying that, I mean, obviously President Trump knows what he's doing. But from on the outside looking in, it looked like they're getting away with this coup. 
Well, Will, that's my biggest fear as well. I mean, it seems like the Trump administration until very, very, very recently has just been thinking that maybe we can get a Tip O'Neill to go into Congress and we can go and talk through, the, through these issues and we can get this America First agenda back on track. But the fact is, these people want President Trump destroyed. They don't care about America. They don't care about prosperity. They don't care about what makes this country great. They want to win at any cost. That is mm-hmm. the motto of the Democrat Party in 2019 and it's horrifying yeah yeah you know what it, it is horrifying tom and we're living in the history in the history books it's gonna it's, i'm just so curious what the history books gonna look like 20 30 50 years from now all right firepowernews.com will johnson tom pepper we'll be back impeachment 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 crazy time We have to impeach this president. Began an impeachment proceeding. I support impeachment. 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 It's impeachment process. Impeachment process. Impeachment. Impeach movement. Impeachment. 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 They want to erase your vote like it never existed. They want to erase your voice and they want to erase your future. But they will fail because in America, the people rule again. The only message these radical socialists and extremists will understand is a crushing defeat on November 3rd, 2020. Number third, November 3rd, 2020. You know what? We need to see a whole bunch of liberal tears. But you know what? The, what they're doing and what the Democrats are doing, you know, I'm, I'm like really questioning it, Tom. I mean, I'm really like on the on the edge of my seat wondering what's going to happen because this whole impeachment and my, my biggest fear is because when the Democrats do something to conservatives, the conservatives, for the most part, are quiet. They'll complain. Mm-hmm. You know, we have some on the hill and stuff like that. But what I'm getting at is that if if let's, this like I was saying earlier, when Michelle Obama, when she was saying what she was saying, that. You would have, if she was white, you would have black people all out in the streets protesting. The NWACP would be out there. The ACLU, uh, they would all be out there protesting against her for what she just said, you know. But when it's the other way around, you don't get that. And I'm just, I mean, I have faith in this country, but we need to, like, stand up now. We can't wait any longer. Well, that's right, Will. I mean, the great American silent majority that is now starting to get a little bit noisy has to absolutely mm-hmm. make their voice heard. We can't expect these people in Washington to look out for our best interests. I mean, it took sustained pressure for something like 24 days to get them to do their little uh, stunt where they stormed the skiff. And I approve of that maneuver. I think that was the right thing to do. But that little bit of a backbone needs to grow about a thousand miles long. And these people yes. need to realize they are representing us and their constituents are not going to be happy if they let the Democrats run roughshod over us. But to what Trump was saying in that clip, I do think I am somewhat encouraged because the Democrats, we were reporting on this broadcast that this is a very bold gambit of Nancy Pelosi to even consider impeachment right before the 2020 election. I mean, we're barely a year out at this point. And the fact is many, many, many Democrats who were elected to the House, the so-called blue wave, even though they lost ground in the 
Senate. These Democrats, many of them are in districts that voted Trump in 2016 and will more than likely vote Trump in greater numbers in 2020. And if we just get down ballot voters, people who vote Republican all down the ticket, it's going to be a red landslide. Nancy Pelosi is going to be relegated to the annals of history, and this will be seen as one of the biggest buffoon maneuvers in the history of politics. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they already know that if they don't impeach him, he's going to win because of all the support. I mean, he's he's filling up the stadiums. I mean, people are going to go out and support overwhelmingly, mainly because of what they're what they see that the left is doing to President Trump. I mean, that's that's my opinion. You know, when you see the underdog and you see someone always constantly attacking someone, you tend to support or vote for that person. Except for you have a lot of brainwashed people out there. You know, so this impeachment that they're trying to do against President Trump and with Shifty Schiff not allowing Republican representatives to ask questions to try to find out who the leaker is. I'm like, okay, let's skip the whistleblower, but who leaked it to the whistleblower? I mean, Mm -hmm. that's the question, right? I mean, or is this a person that's inside of the White House and then that makes that person a leaker? It's not a whistleblower at that at that point. So we have this video was just uh, Matt Gates. He files a complaint against Shifty Schiff. Do you think anything's going to happen out of it? I don't know. I mean, I'm really questioning it. So let's go to the video. Nancy Pelosi's impeachment resolution gives unprecedented power to the Intelligence Committee chairman, Adam Schiff. That's deeply troubling to me for a few reasons. First, Adam Schiff has proven in this process that he cannot adhere to the fundamental principles of fairness. And second, and I would say most important for my work today, is that Adam Schiff has violated the ethical rules of the House of Representatives. Rule 23, Clause 1 and 2 of the Code of Conduct for members of the House of Representatives requires that we engage in conduct that brings credibility on the House and that we don't impair the credibility of the House. When Adam Schiff engaged in a theatrical retelling of President Trump's conversation with President Zelensky to deceive and disorient the American people, he acted in a way that was not consistent with House rules and was not consistent with House ethics. And so now on the eve of a vote that will give unprecedented power to someone who does not deserve it, today I'm going to go file an ethics complaint against Adam Schiff for violating Rule 23 of the House. Adam Schiff has also violated Rule 11 of the House. Rule 11 requires that if you are going to expel a member of Congress from a hearing who does not intend to participate by asking questions, that you are required to hold a vote on that measure. Adam Schiff held no such vote when he expelled me multiple times from simply being able to observe what the heck was going on. And so right now, I'm going to go to the Ethics Committee and I'm going to file an ethics complaint against Adam Schiff because if House Democrats tomorrow are going to give this man an unprecedented amount of power in this process, they're going to know exactly how he has departed from the rules of the House and how he has fallen short of the ethical standards that should apply to this institution. And so now we know why they call him Shifty Shift. That's why they call him Shifty Shift, because he's doing some shady stuff. This is this is this is the coup. This is the deep state that we're all witnessing against the sitting president of the United States simply because they don't like him, simply because he beat out Hillary rotten Clinton in 2016. They're holding a personal vendetta against the president, Tom. 
Well, that's right. And I, I, I'm only worried. I mean, I think Matt Gates is going to try his hardest, and I certainly hope he does. But this is the man who we have. This is the man of the hour who has to push back on this. He needs to make sure this House ethics complaint goes through. He needs to make sure this is fully addressed. I mean, getting back to your earlier point, Will, I'm not exactly sure what most of these congressional candidates in the GOP or con- congressmen, I should say, I'm not sure what exactly they're conserving. I'm not sure what they're fighting for. I mean, yeah. we've seen one of the largest uh, conservative movements in the past 48 hours come out to conserve the great, wonderful American principle of gay marriage. No mention of impeachment whatsoever. This is the time when we need these people to realize what their constituents expect them to be fighting for. We're fighting for President Trump. We're fighting for American greatness. We're not fighting for a slow, gradual loss to the left. Yeah, exactly. And then you have what Gates, he filed this ethics uh, complaint against Shifty Shift. And then Chuck Schumer, like I mentioned earlier, went to the floor and saying that, hey, you might be violating federal law because you're trying to find out who the leaker is. The leaker. But, you know, of course, Chuck Schumer's talking about whistleblower laws. Let's go to that video. Disclosing or causing to be disclosed the identity of a whistleblower is such a breach of faith with our whistleblower laws, which are designed to see that the truth gets out. Anyone seeking the release of the whistleblower's identity is frustrating the truth and is potentially in violation of federal law. See, I mean, really? Let's not look up who the leaker is. We're talking about whistleblowers. It's smoke and mirrors. That's what they're doing. They're, They're... They're directing everyone's attention from the actual problem. Same thing with Hillary Clinton's emails. Instead of, oh, who leaked the emails? What about what's in the emails? Really? We don't want to talk about what's in the emails because that's pretty damning, right? I mean, seriously. Well, that is the same exact trick. They keep playing the same trick over and over again. And thanks to their lapdogs in the media and the Republicans who acquiesce to everything they say and do and want, that's what the conversation ends up becoming. You cannot mm-hmm. discuss who leaked to the whistleblower. All you can say is how dare you ask who the whistleblower is. It's a it's an amazing form of gaslighting that the Democrats are able to employ with their friends in the media. And it's, it really reinforces the importance of broadcasts like this, as well as our sponsors broadcast, InfoWarsStore.com. Without the outlets like this, nobody will ask these questions and yeah. nobody will hold the Republicans in office accountable. Yeah, absolutely. We are at a time, a crossroad in this country. If President Trump is not reelected in 2020, we're done. We're done. And I get, I, I ask you to prove me wrong. But if Trump is not elected in 2020, we're all done in this country. Wake up, America. Wake up. But again, when you look at the world through the mainstream media's lens, you know, they see Baghdadi as an austere religious scholar, but they see Nick Sandman, a 15-year-old high school kid in a MAGA hat, they've seen him as a homegrown terrorist. This is the sickness that we're up against, and it's pervasive, and it's getting worse, because Trump derangement syndrome is real, and the only cure is four more years. Yeah, four more years. That's the only cure to this TDS. That's the only cure. Like I said, when we went out to the break, the only way that we can keep America great and keep America on the right track is reelecting President Trump. Tom, so I just got a message. I'm pretty sure you got the same message I did about that they leaked the, the whistleblower. 
<laughs> we know who the whistleblower is? Is this for real? So reportedly, we now know the identity of the whistleblower who is trying to take down President Trump. So here is a snapshot, and I'm just pulling this off Twitter. This is breaking news. The White House whistleblower is Eric Sierra He is a registered Democrat who worked for Obama, worked with Joe Biden, worked for CIA Director John Brennan. He is a vocal critic of President Trump, and he helped initiate the Russia collusion investigation, which we know now know is a hoax. So I guess, Will, we now understand why the Democrats, why, yes. why Chucky Boy Schumer and all of these losers have been desperately trying to cover up the identity of the whistleblower. He is a partisan agent, if this is him, who is designed and created almost in a lab to be against President Trump and to take down this administration. If this is true, so, Will, this demolishes the entire impeachment narrative. Yes, so I'm um, let me ask again, how was this not a coup? I mean, sir, how was this not a coup? I mean, seriously, because, you know, Shifty Shift said that the whistleblower's not, there can be no testimony from the whistleblower. This blows it out of the water. Breaking news right now. And, oh, my goodness, can you imagine what they're doing on the hill right now? Who let this out? Who let this out? Isn't it something that Chucky, Shucky, Ducky, Schumer sit there and say something about putting the week, uh, the whistleblower's information out there. So what now they're going to try to go after the person who put his name out there. Really? Right. What about the leaker? Well, the leaker. <laughs> and we just have to say thank you to Paul Sperry of Real Clear Investigations because you notice this did not come from the mainstream. This did not come from the Democrats. This did not come from Matt Gates or any congressional Republican. This came from citizen journalism, people just mm -hmm. like our audience out there, people just like us in these chairs. We now know, reportedly, it's not been confirmed because I, and I doubt the Democrats will ever confirm it, oh, but yeah. we now know that this guy who started the entire impeachment process is a essentially a member of the deep state. If you work for the CIA director, part of the intelligence community, you are essentially a member of the deep state. Yes. And beyond yes. that, I mean, Will, this is so insane. We now, it, it suddenly makes sense. We saw Chuck Schumer two years ago mm -hmm. say the intelligence community has seven ways from Sunday to take mm -hmm. down President Trump. We see in Congress, it's not any of the usual uh, branches, the committees that are investigating impeachment, it is the intelligence subcommittee that is investigating this. This is, by and large, a, it certainly seems that way, Will, to be a CIA oh, yeah. coup against President Trump oh, yeah. from one of their own ranks. Oh, yeah, absolutely, hands down. And you know what? They're having these extra hearings to distract. This whole thing is a distraction to what they're trying to do to President Trump, the coup, they make up all this stuff. And we got a video that we're going to show you with AOC trying to keep representatives from, you know, paying attention to the real issue. See, this is this whole thing. The Democrats doing it to the American people. The left are do doing it to the American people to distract us from the real issues here and the, who the real criminals are, which are the Democrats. They are the true criminals here. Let's go to this video with ALC. Let me see exactly what we're talking about. Mr. Chairman, may I make a comment? Yes. I'm, I'm, I would like to do my job and I try not to get out of my job at every Whatever. opportunity. So given the fact that we have convened 
former governor of California and Senator Whitehouse here. We're here to talk about the very pressing issue of cutting our carbon emissions and saving our planet. And we have an entire political party that's trying to get out of their job, adjourn this hearing. And I just want to know what the reason for such a disrespect of our process would potentially be. Do we have a reason for why this this hearing is trying to be adjourned? Or, yeah. you know, do we have I just have like one. a cocktail party? Yes, I have one. I have a really easy one. The oil industry is the second largest industry in my state. My constituents expect me to be here. We are running a we are running an impeachment hearing down in the basement, down in the basement wait, of the wait, Capitol so this, is right this about now. The oil no, industry no, or no. it's about the, the economy hearing. of the state of North Dakota and this my constituents. And the North Dakota. Re- this is a I want to participate in this hearing, but I also need I feel the need to be in the in the skiff because we're only one of three committees that's allowed to be in the room. I can do a lot of things. I can't be two places at once. I'm completely comfortable having this hearing. I just prefer to have it at a time I when I could. And this was, a, this was a conversation that was brought up, and this could not have been brought up before we convened the senator and the governor. We're doing this when well, they're here. We, we've expressed this last week about having two things going on at the same, same time. time. It's not like we haven't talked about this, but you guys continue to do hearings at the same time there are depositions going on. As the gentleman from North Dakota said, we can't be two places at once. You talk about wanting to do your job. Yeah. There's no way to do that when you have to be two places at once. And just to be clear, there was exactly <laughs> one Democrat in the room when this started. I mean, really? See, that's that they're trying to keep them from finding out the truth, Tom. Mm-hmm. They're trying to prevent them from asking the right questions. Now, that's exactly what's going on. I mean, that is the most egregious. Then for AOC, I mean, she really did prove how clueless she is yeah. to accuse these men of not doing their jobs when they're trying to impeach the president in the basement of the building. This is Democrat maneuvering. This is some of the most despicable because this is just it. Well, this is what the average American person never gets a chance to see because Congress, it's kind of like sausage. You love to eat it. You don't like to see how it's made. And so we don't <laughs> understand that what's going on there is they're distracting you literally on the surface level of Congress, they're distracting you. Meanwhile, in the basement of Congress, they're impeaching President Trump using the testimony, the whistleblower report, who is a confirmed CIA asset. I mean, that's what this comes down to. Might as well be a confirmed CIA asset. I mean, he worked for the feds. Yeah, absolutely. They're trying to destroy America behind closed doors. And talking about clueless Congress people, the next video we're getting ready to show you. So, Tom, if I if I sit there and say that you want the uh, U.S. Constitution that you believe that is racist and it should hinder black people and women from voting. And you say, no, I'm glad it was amended. Right. I'm glad it was. And then I turn around and say, but you want women and black people not to be able to vote. And you turn around and say, no, I'm glad black people and women are able to vote. I mean, it's like I can't take your answer when you're saying it. So we had this video. Let's play this video. It's completely insane. This is this is our Congress people. Play it. You also testified that uh, you would look to the Constitution and what uh, what was meant in the Constitution at the time that it took effect, with enactment, ratification, whatever. This was back in 1789, when blacks couldn't vote and women couldn't vote. So if the Constitution had not been amended to let women and blacks vote, you would interpret the Constitution as not allowing these groups to vote? Senator, the, the Constitution has been amended. I'm thankful. No, but amended, excuse but. me. If the Constitution had not been amended, and you're applying the Constitution as it was enacted, 1789, if the Constitution had not been amended to allow women and blacks to vote, 
by originalism, you would have to interpret the Constitution as not allowing these groups to vote. Is that right? Senator, I believe that, that we, live, we have a system of separation of powers. I believe that my job as a judge is to apply the law, not to make the policy decisions. And I, 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 um, I'm very thankful so, that the Constitution was amended. I think that was the right process to do it. Yes, thankful. but you know what? The, the point I'm making, of course, uh, which uh, <laughs> uh, you're trying to get around, is that originalism means that you would interpret the Constitution at the time of its enactment, and, 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 and you would not allow women and blacks to vote, because that was not in the Constitution when it was ratified in 1789. Let's move on. What in the world was that about? I'm like, am I hearing this correctly? I'm like, you're an idiot. He just sit there and said, y'all, I'm happy women and black people can vote. But no, you don't want them to vote. No, I'm happy they can vote, but you don't want them to vote. See, this is what they do, Tom. They do this about every single thing. They take what you say and then they do a parody. She's speculating what he would have done had he lived a hundred years ago. Right. Well, I mean, that was almost hilarious because, of course, the Constitution, as it was written in 1789, creates the perfect process to go and amend it. It's kind of an easy process if the country is all on board with something. <laughs> so if he was alive in 1792, he probably would have said we should amend this, not let's throw it out the window. Exactly. I mean, so this is ridiculous. See, the Democrats, they want racism they because they have nothing else. If they didn't have the racism, they would be like, oh, no, we need to make up something because we need to make white people bad, bad white people, bad white people. Wake up, America, because this is what the Democrats are doing to you. They're doing it to all of us. Firepowernews.com. We'll be back. Owen Schroyer here for InfoWars.com, and I'm standing outside the Austin Resource Center for the Homeless here in downtown Austin, Texas. And we're going to ask some of the local homeless people here if they've heard of the ID2020 program, the ID2020 Alliance, where they plan on testing microchipping of humans here in Austin with a microchip to store your biometric data. This is part of a global rollout that they want to test here in Austin, Texas. So we're going to find out if some of the local homeless here have heard about this and what they think about it and if they would be willing to take the microchip as part of this program. Have you uh, have you heard, sir, of the uh, ID2020 Alliance program? No. Would you be willing to take a microchip to get services? Absolutely. Positively not. Sound a little bit 666 to me. Do you receive uh, any services from the resource center here? Yes, I have a case manager. Now, if they said that we're going to microchip you to receive services, would you be willing to do that? No, I would not. I think that's an invasion of privacy. Excuse me, sir. Have you uh, ever received services from this resource center here? Uh, yeah. If they ask you to take a microchip to receive services here, would you do that? No, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be out on the street then. I'm gonna be on the street because I'm not putting nothing foreign into my body. If God didn't tell me, Does that sound like the mark of the beast. That sounds a little scary, man. Like they think they own my body and they they out of their mind. That's crazy. We we talking about total mind control. And have you ever received uh, any services from this resource center? Oh, yes. If you were to be told you had to get a microchip to continue to receive services here, would you take that microchip? Like in me or? Yeah, they would put a microchip in you to, to store your biometric data. No, I don't think I would do that. Do you receive services here? I work here, sir. Have you heard of the ID2020 Alliance? 
If you want to get services like this, or you know, if if say you have a run-in with police or something, they can they can just ID you with the microchip, and then you know that you just always have it in you. But that's the way that they would get you to do it is to say, oh well, you can't receive services here anymore unless you get the microchip. No, yeah, no, yeah. That's that microchips are for animals that's and that. cattle and that's us that's like that. Not human. We not yeah. Yeah. That sound like the mark of the beast. Yes. Would you take the microchip? No. <laughs> I feel like if they put a microchip inside of you, they have access to everything. everything. You heard of the uh, ID2020 program? Mm -hmm. You have heard of this? I heard. When they want to microchip people down here? Yes. What do you think about that? I think it's good about it. It's good for them, but then they need to stop blowing their mouth on dope and get them somewhere to stay. We don't want no would you would you take a microchip to receive services? No, okay, that's all right. Would you, if they said, "Hey, we're going to give you a microchip for you to receive services here," would you take it? In your body? Yes. No. Do you mind taking the camera off the property? Yeah, we can do that. Uh, just a real quick question. Have you guys heard of ID2020? Have you heard about that? I can't answer any no. questions. I'm hey, I'm not at liberty to talk to the media. I'm a crackhead. Welcome to the city. I love crack. Now, sir, what if, what if in order to receive all of that, you had to take a microchip? Huh? What if in order to receive all of that, you had to take a microchip? Would you be willing to do that? Yeah. Excuse me. You yeah, you watch. Watch me wherever I go. Yeah, yeah. You would take the microchip? Yeah, I'll take a microchip. Would you be willing to take a microchip to receive services here? <laughs> no way? What? Put it inside you. No? Man, you make me alone. No? microchip. Do that? Microchip. No. Micro. Yeah. You wouldn't do that? So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. It seems that the homeless in Austin are pretty woke, at least when it comes to the mark of the beast and microchipping being done. So they want no part of that. So if Austin does decide to roll that out, it will just create more problems for this city. For Infowars.com, this is Owen Schroyer. Wow, that's crazy. You know, people waking up. All right, so in studio, we have Gene Ho. Trumpography. He's going to be our in-studio in guest for the next hour. Gene Ho, Trump Arcafee. We'll be back in a minute. FirepowerNews.com, Will Johnson, Tom Pepper. We have special guests in studio, Gene Ho, with his book. Can you guys give me a docu-cam shot here? Trumpography, how biblical principles paved the way to the American presidency, right? This is absolutely awesome. This is my copy? Yes, it is. Oh, wow. So, everyone, this is Gene Ho. Uh, he was a photographer for President Trump during the 2016 campaign. Yep. Uh, 2016 campaign behind the scenes for the whole time, two years on the road, documenting, documenting the future president. And it was wonderful. And how is it 
How is it that all of mainstream media is not having me on the show to answer a simple question? Is Trump a racist? Is he a racist? If anyone, I would know. I would know. Because you had intimate time with him taking it, pictures. and Right. It's behind, not only behind the scenes, not only in the green room, but if you think about it, if you think about it, it was the best because I was backstage as basically a fly on the wall to see not only how he interacted with me, but how he interacted with other people. Why is it, really, why is it none of the mainstream media is asking me, we think Trump is a racist. What do you think? If anyone, I would know. I yeah, would so, know. So tell me, when you when you uh, wrote your book, and did you have people reach out to you to get like a, a synopsis of, uh, you know, like a, a brief summary of your book before it was released? No. Here's the thing. When, I, when I'm writing something, I have 100% autonomy on what I'm going to do. And that's what I wanted with this book. I didn't want anyone having anything over my head. For good or bad, mm-hmm. you know, if you think about it, what, what it is, it's really interesting because when it comes to this, you have someone like Trump who, if I was working for him at the time, maybe I would say all these wonderful things about him. But the thing is, when it comes to this book here, I could have just told some lies and made a lot, a lot of money in doing that. I could have peddled that book for a million dollars. But I, I, they've probably been knocking at your door. Hey, we want the book. We want the book. We want the book. Yes, exactly. If you'd have been lying about I, everything, was saying, you know, going along with the media the way they're lying about him and just putting all these uh, false information out there about President Trump. Had you put that in a book, they would be they would love you right now. No, here's the thing with it. It's, it's really it's really simple when it comes to this. If I did put something negative in it, I could have pushed it for a million dollars. You have people writing books that got seven figure advances that probably spent. Like this much time, this much time with Trump. Wow. And I was behind the scenes with him the whole time. Not only that, add to it, I'm a minority. So I'm a minority. You should ask, ask me, what, what is my viewpoint? What is my view? Maybe, how do you know? Maybe I say he's a racist. How do you know? But I, I was there and I saw how he interacted with people. I saw how he interacted with minorities and I saw how he interacted with me and my family. And he is not a racist. Do you, do you think that he, uh, May have act, does he act different behind the scenes than he does in front of the camera, in front of people? What is that experience like? Okay. And then, and then we're going to yeah. get Tom to come in here. And I'm yeah. pretty sure Tom has a question. Yeah, no. Um, it's the craziest thing. The, Trump, the Trump you see a lot of times on TV, he's a boss. He is running America. But behind the scenes, like, let's face it. When I worked with him, he was a very tough boss to work for. Like he demanded things on time. He demanded things fast. He demanded everything to be done just right. And you had to go lockstep with it. You had to do that. But behind the scenes, when he, when he uh, conducted with me personally or when he met my family or when he met my son, this man is a class act. And that's the thing that they want to push in the media that somehow he's a racist or he's a bad man. Nothing furthest from the truth. Absolutely furthest. Hmm. You there, Tom? I am. So, Gene, thanks for coming to be the in-studio guest. I wish I'd been arranged to be in uh, down in Austin this week. So I want to ask you something we touched on last time you were on the show. You said he's not a racist, but, of course, the media has trotted out something like 20 women who have said that he sexually harassed them or raped them or did something untoward toward them. You had a lot of one-on-one, or you would be the fly on the wall, as you put it, experiences with President Trump. Did you ever see anything untoward between the president and a woman? No. Let me tell you a little bit about this when it comes to this. I was not only, not only backstage, I had access to the green room. So the green room of where Trump was. 
if I had seen anything inappropriate, inappropriate, I guarantee you I would have stepped up and said something. But here's another thing. I'm just about to go to St. Padre Island to go to the Latinos for Trump convention. Guess who my friend is I'm going to meet? Juanita Broderick. She says that Bill Clinton <laughs> raped her, raped her. That's what she says. She's my friend. I'm going to hang out with her, spend some time with her. Let's let's see who the real predator mm. is. <clears throat> so let me ask you this. What was the what was the biggest thing that stood out with you about President Trump? Because you hear the media, you know, they're saying that he he doesn't like black people. He talked about how all the Hispanics are sending their rapists and all, all Hispanics are rapists, they're murderers, they're, you know, they're drug dealers. What is what was the biggest thing that stood out to you about President Trump? One of the things that I found the most interesting was backstage. I took the picture. So I would be backstage with him with a, a bunch of people. And sometimes there were celebrities there, um, definitely senators, congressmen. When Trump walked into the room, it didn't matter skin color or anything. No matter what, he would walk up and then he would spy the room out to look for first responders, men in uniform, um, soldiers that would be backstage. He would beeline to them and shake all their hands. Mm. And that is something that they have never, ever talked about in the media because it was backstage. And I never talked about it back then. I wasn't allowed to talk about anything that happened backstage. Mm -hmm. But now I'm on my own. I'm telling you, this is the truth. What we see in the media and how they try to portray him is nothing like how Trump really is. Interesting. So what, one of the things, I mean, it's the part of the headline, the title of your book is talking about the biblical principles that got President Trump elected. And that's something that we've never asked you about on that show, which is kind of a shortcoming on our behalf. So can you talk a little bit about how you see Bible, uh, biblical principles being enacted by President Trump and give us kind of an overview on this? No, here is what's really going on in the world today. What the left wants us to be as Christians. Oh, we're just a little, oh, don't say anything. Don't say anything bad. Don't say anything bad. The difference with this is Trump is a Christian man, but he's willing to call out people that are doing bad. Mm. And that's what they don't like. And that's what we see in the Bible. When you read the Bible and you read these people that were beloved by God, they were strong people. They weren't the Christians that we're used to. I Trust me, I love Ben Carson. I met him several times. I love him. But I don't believe that God wanted him at this position to be president. God chose somebody to lead the country that is strong. And that's what we, all of us as Christians, need to do. We need to stand up and we need to unchain ourselves and call out wrongdoing when we see it. Because we see it all over with what's happening in the world today. We need to stand up and we need to call these people out because they're losers. A lot of these people are total losers. They sit behind their keyboards and talk about all these things about Trump. We need to call him out. We need to unchain ourselves. You know, I mean, you were with him was two years, right? Yeah. On the campaign. And out of that two years, <clears throat> did, did, I mean, we already established that he didn't do anything racist, right? And that he didn't manipulate women. Did he do anything that you, that you would uh, deem like maybe he was being corrupt or like he was trying to finagle different things? Because, you know, the media said that he's done he's done something right because they keep looking for something. I mean, maybe maybe he kept his personal business to himself, his personal life with his wife and stuff like that. What what was it like when he was dealing with uh, people on a business level every time you saw him? Well, the, first of all, one of the things that I seen of him, because I was backstage, not only with him, but in some meetings that were private. And it was just him and a group of table and him talking. 
this guy, Trump, he asks other people's opinions and then he formulates it. He's a business owner. That's what mm. business, business people do that. Business people don't say, oh, okay, I got it all figured out. I'm going to do this. They say, huh, what do, what do you think about it? And that's what they do when it comes to that. So he's not constantly saying that, oh, I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to do it my way, my way, my way. Because, you know, just like uh, what's happening over in the Middle East, he's listening to his, to advisors, and then he makes his decision on how he wants to go, right? Right. That's how business people operate, and that's why he's so successful today. Look at what is happening to America. America is getting better, not worse. Yeah, yeah. Oh, awesome, awesome. All right, everybody, we have Gene Ho, Trumpography. Trumpography, you can get his book, you can get your book on Amazon, correct? Yes, you can. Get on Amazon, you can get on Amazon right now. This is the story that the left does not want you to hear about. This story right here, because they want, it's a positive story, it's the truth about President Trump, and you know the liberal media, they can't stand anyone telling the truth. All right, we'll be back after this break. All right, welcome back. FirepowerNews.com. Will Johnson, Tom Pepper. We have in studio our special guest, Gene Ho. Trumpography, videographer that was on the, the, the campaign with President Trump for two years during 2016. Let me ask you this, and then we'll go to Tom. What was the, what was it like when President Trump was hearing, uh, different stuff about Hillary Clinton? Oh man, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Here's the thing. Trump ran a great campaign. That was the difference. The difference of what Trump did was he actually went out to the people. Mm. And I am telling you, in 2020, I know I, we all here, we, we welcome a do-over. I am telling you, I am out there talking to people, and there is so much enthusiasm for Trump right now. It will just blow your mind. And I am telling you, it's going to be a landslide. I, I know everyone here is worried about it. He, did did, did he ever talk about Hillary Clinton other than, you know, her being... No, I don't really even remember him even mentioning her behind the scenes. So I mean, he never... So he only talked about it when he went out in front of the cameras and stuff, basically. I, I've... From what, you, about, from what you from what you can no, tell. I, I, no, I'm sure they had personal conversations with, you know, yeah, yeah. Corey Lewandowski or whoever. But no, I mean, it wasn't a thing. I mean, he wasn't... He was like he, worried She about wasn't that. a concern to him. No. See, he that's, was, he see, was that's just, what it is. Because if, if she yeah. was a concern, he'd probably have been talking about her more. He was always concerned about the people. He was always uh, concerned about how to reach the people, and, and it was nothing like that. So. Wow, that's awesome. Tom? Again, being the fly on the wall, what was it like seeing President Trump interact with Don Jr., Eric Trump, Ivanka, Melania? Did you get to see any of that? Oh, you know what? Um, I will never forget it because his son and my oldest son are about the same age. And nowadays, my son and my, my younger son now, he travels with me as I go give these talks to other places bringing out crowds of 200, 400 to come see me speak. And that's just me speaking about the president. It's not even the president. 400 people are coming out. When Trump was there, I seen him with Barron. And he's a young boy. And I could see, you know, he's being dragged out to these things. He's following his dad around. But it was just amazing, amazing to see how he interacts backstage with his son. And it's just like he's a dad. He is a dad. He, that, that's, how, that's the only way I could describe how he was backstage with his son. He's a dad. Same as my dad. I mean, same as I am with my child. I, I drag him out to these things. He doesn't really understand what's going on. 
But, you know, I'm concerned about how he's feeling and so forth. Yeah, he's like, I don't want to be here, Dad. I mean, I don't want to be here. I mean, like, I'd rather be at home playing the PS4 or something. I mean, I mean, the kids, I understand. Were you, were, so the night of the election, were you with Trump during that time? No. I was, the day before the election was the last event I did. And then I was away from my, my family for a long time. And I was still running a photography business on the weekends and doing this stuff. I was so tired. And I, I said to my wife, I'm staying home. I'm not going to New York. I'm going to stay home and watch the returns with my family. And it was the most wonderful night. It was just amazing that night. So I stayed at home, watched it with my kids. When the returns were was, uh, almost intimate that he was going to win, uh-huh. it was just wonderful. I just went to sleep, and then my cell phone started ping, 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 ping. Just like it was amazing. Buzzing. Yes. Buzzing. Just amazing. But So did you uh, – let me ask you this. What was the uh... – can we talk about your 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 personal business? Can we yeah, bring that up? Yeah. So what so what was it like? Because you're a, you're a photographer and you're you're taking pictures of President Trump, but and you still have your your personal business. And what was that like being on the on the campaign? And what was your what was the uh, the 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 uh, I guess the uh, the how did people react to you finding that information? No, here here's the thing. I'm going to tell everyone this. I was the biggest coward, the biggest coward before all of this stuff with Trump happens. Because I'm running a business. I'm running a business, but I'm afraid to let people know that I support Trump. Well, guess what? (laughs) When they found out anyway, what did people do? They boycotted my business. And my loser photographer, sorry, going to say it, quit on me. Because they were so afraid that I was somehow involved in in helping Trump win the election. But I tell you, I'm going to tell you right now that do not... Do not be afraid. Stand up for what you believe. And I get it. I get it. People will will think about boycott you and all this stuff. But I, I tell you, I've been more embraced by this community of conservative people. I've been blessed by it. And I travel around the world, to uh, the country today, talking to people about Trump. I love it. Hundreds are coming to see me. Hundreds. That's awesome. That's fantastic. I agree completely. People need to realize that there is a strong community of Trump-loving Americans out there. So I wonder, you were there, you say, right up until essentially the second to last day of the campaign. What was it like? What was the atmosphere? Were they worried about losing? Were they just focused on getting across the finish line? Was it optimistic, pessimistic? What was it like? 100%. 100% optimism. And it's going to be the same thing for 2020. There are too many people that support Trump out there. And that's what we we have to not be afraid. These people, the mainstream media is number one. And the second one are those losers out with their keyboards, you know, trying to make themselves look like they're in the majority. They are not in the majority. I can promise you that there are loud, loud people that speak up against Trump. But there are more people that support Trump than you would ever, ever imagine, ever. Yeah, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because every time President Trump puts a tweet out, it's the same, and they have to be bots, right? And maybe some of them not are bots, but they're either they're bots or they're getting paid to go out there and immediately respond to President Trump's tweet every single time, every day, without fail. You know what? And it's the same thing. We it was just funny because we were talking about this today, personally, me and you, like. They, people will troll me and they'll say, oh, you know, Gene, you're a token. You're, you're there, only there because you're a token. You know what? The crazy thing about it, if I did, if, if he didn't hire me, right, they would say, oh, where, where's all, where's your Asians that, that hired me? And then if they do hire me, oh, suddenly I'm a token. I've been a photographer for 30 years. I'm pretty good at, at photography. And you know what? 
Why not? Have an Asian photographer. We're pretty good at that. How come it can't be that you're just trying to do a job and, you know, and you find out after two years of spending with the president that you find out what kind of person he really is? You know what? When I first started this, I mean, I knew I wanted to be a part of it. But, I, you know, in the beginning, no one really knew that it would happen like this. When I was there in the beginning, well, no joking, like the first few rallies, it was like maybe 50 people there, 75 people there. I actually saw Trump talk and people come in late and take a, a seat in the front row. That's how small it started. Wow. Wow. Tom, has anyone ever called you a token? <laughs> well, I've been called not. a token multiple times. I've never been called a token until after this. I never, I mean, I never even thought of myself as like Asian yeah, or whatever. I, I wasn't called a token until I started supporting Trump too. Tom, have you joined the token ring? You nasty not, white I mean, person, Tom. Being being young, people act like, you know, everybody is supposed to support uh, the Democrats and Bernie Sanders if you're under 30. And, yeah, some so people say, yeah, well, you're just some token boomer wannabe trying to support Trump and be like everyone else. So we're quickly running out of time in this segment. But when we come back, I'm curious, what would you say? Obviously, I think I agree with you. He's going to win in a landslide, barring impeachment, barring massive voter fraud. But what would you say still is the biggest threat to President Trump? coming back into 2020. I know we're short on time, but maybe you can answer for like 30 seconds and finish it after with the break. Yeah, um, just so you know, the, the danger of it, of what's going on, it belongs to us. The election belongs to us. The danger is us not speaking out. You have to speak out. If you're on Facebook, you're on Twitter, speak out. Let people know that you support Trump. Yeah, absolutely. We all have to speak out because it's going to take all of us to get President Trump reelected. And we need to get on our knees and pray. All right, firepowernews.com. We'll be back. Real news, real people, real politics. This is Firepower. All right, we are back. So this is going to be the final segment with our special guest, Gene Ho. If you haven't yet, go to Amazon. Is it anywhere else on Amazon? What's your website? Tell it us. is uh, Trump-ography.com. So Trump-ography, just like that. Um, Trump-ography.com. Yep, just like that, .com. Go to it, check it out. I mean, and, this, it's, and so you have links to your book there. Links to the books there, you can buy it. At so this, this is like the untold story from, if, especially from the, the liberal media, because they're not going to talk about this at all. Why? That's the whole thing. Why don't, just ask me. Just ask me what happened. I mean, and the thing is, I, I tell the truth. If there was, if there was bad things, I'd tell the truth. If there were good things, I would tell the right. truth. Yeah. So right before we went out to the break, Tom had a beautiful question about what is the, the most dangerous thing, uh, headed for the 2020 election. Do you think they're going to uh, how how what are, what are your views of them impeach, uh, trying to impeach President Trump? I, no, I think that's just a distraction. It's just another distraction. I'm not I mean, let let Rudy Giuliani and Trump worry about that. But let's worry about ourselves. That's the most important thing to do. And don't fall into the leftist trap. Mm. The leftist trap is this. They want people to um, not speak, speak for Trump. Don't be afraid on Facebook. Talk to your friends if if. You know how I know? I'll, I'll prove it to you how I know people are scared. Sometimes on Facebook, I'll post something. Someone will share it. And like, I might have like, a, let's say a hundred shares. And I'll check back later. I was like, 95 shares. Well, where did the other five shares yes. go to? Yes. Someone shared it. 
And then when they shared it, someone said something negative. And quite frankly, they got scared. Oh, I'm going to take it down. I'm going to take it down. Don't be afraid. That's, that's, that is what is going to lose the election or win it. If we're, if we're afraid, we can't be like the silent yeah. majority that just shows up anymore. We got to tell people. Absolutely. Tom? So I, I'm just going to kind of have some fun here. So because you were on the fly on the wall and you were there for all of the top secret meetings, what was it like seeing President Trump take orders from Vladimir Putin? Did that happen? When did it happen? How did the Russians steal this? <laughs> very good. Very good. Very good. Yes. Yes. There were plenty of Russians. Why? You know what? The craziest thing. Why didn't they say back then I was with Trump? They should have said Chinese collusion. I should have more attention. They would have put me on Saturday Night Live. A Chinese collusion. Yeah, absolutely. They, they didn't do any I of that. I, yeah, by the book, by the book. Because it's seriously, I mean, that it's the dumbest thing with the media, what, what's going on. But the truth will get out there. And wait till you see it, guys. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. 2020 is going to be a landslide if we just all do our part. You know what? That's, that, that is the key. We have to do our part. Because if we don't do our part, and I'm constantly saying it, that President Trump, is going to be the last decent president this country ever has. You've got to get out and do your part. And doing your part could be simply, you know, going on social media, spreading the word. You see a link that's positive about Trump. Share it with everyone. And a lot of people get scared to sharing these, uh, the, the, the tweets or the Facebook posts because they don't want their other family members to see that you share something positive about President Trump. They're scared and we're going to lose if this, if we let that fear set in, that is what it's all about. It's all that they're trying to do what's called fear mongering. That's, that's their weapon is, mm-hmm. is to do that. And you know what? Quite frankly, well, it's in many ways it's working. I've lost so many so-called friends. I've lost so much business because people are even afraid to be associated with me. But I tell you this now, I am spending more time than ever before. Thank God with my family. We travel together. We're speaking. I'm speaking at these events. And I'm telling you, I'm drawing more crowds at my events than some of the Democratic candidates. Wow. I mean, some of them, this year we have some for 700 people. Uh, in two weeks, I'll be in Palm Beach, Florida. Um, 400 people will be there. Wow. It's, it's amazing wow. what's going on in America right now. I mean, you're not kidding. Joe Biden right now can't even fill a high school hallway full of supporters, and you're booking <laughs> 700. So that really says I, something. I am telling you, that's what's really going on, is really what's right. going on. So let's talk about that. I mean, you saw the rallies, as you said, it would start, there'd be 70 people. And if you showed up 45 minutes late, you could go sit in the front row. How, what was that process like seeing it build to the point where Trump is getting 35,000 people at a rally? You know, when, when we were actually there, we just saw it explode and it just got bigger and bigger. But it's one of those things where like uh, you're, you're there and you don't even realize how big it's getting. And then before you know it, it became ordinary. There were people, if there was 20,000 people inside the auditorium, I guarantee you there were about 10,000 people waiting outside to get into the place. It's just amazing. And that's what's really going on even now in America. We just have to stand up and, and let people know that we support Trump. You know, that's the same thing I noticed when we went to, when I went to Dallas. There was thousands of people inside watching and listening to President Trump and there was thousands of people outside None of the Democrat candidates are doing that. I'm not not showing it. I think the largest crowd they said was uh, New York, which is totally liberal, right, for the most part. There was, what, 26,000 people showed up for Bernie Sanders. That's been the biggest one so far. You know, let me, let me ask you this. 
before we run out of time on social media. Um, have you ever noticed how they, uh, block conservatives? Have you, have you, have oh. your content been blocked? Have, have, have you, have you experienced them? Censorship is a problem. I've even had my five star reviews. They, they deleted them. One, one company deleted my five star reviews. But the thing is what saved me all through the internet, all the people supported me, the Trump people supported me, the people that are conservative supported me. They were calling into this place and they say, Hey, what happened? And then they would answer the phone. You mean Gene Ho's uh, book? Like they all knew what was going on, but it was a computer glitch, just a computer glitch. The, the, the reviews just disappeared. It's just a, it was a glitch. It's amazing what's going on. Yeah, it is amazing. So how do we, I mean, it sounds like I, you gave us part of the answer, but how would you suggest ordinary folks, the people who might go and read your book and like your, or follow you on Twitter and find you on social media, how do normal people kind of uh, get the message out in spite of this tech censorship? You are bigger than you realize. You are bigger than you realize. Do yourself a favor. Number one, please don't, please don't delete your liberal friends. That's what they want you to do. They want you to delete your liberal friends so that you just talk to your conservative friends. Leave them on there. And then show them when you post, they will see how many people like your post and it'll, it'll wake them up. It will, it'll make the biggest difference if we just stand up, talk about it and do not be afraid. That's, that's the main point of it. That's what Trump taught us. We were the silent majority for a while, but we're not silent anymore. Yeah, yeah we can't be silent anymore. You know, one of the things you brought up something that made me think about how because you're supporting President Trump, that you're, you're losing friends, you lost business, associates. I experienced the same thing when I started working with this with Tom. And I, I really not really been vocal about it, but because our sponsors, InfoWarsStore.com, and we have, there's many wonderful people that have been supporting us by going to our sponsor. I have had people send me messages and say, Will, because InfoWarsStore.com is your sponsor, they say, I'm no longer going to uh, support you or participate on sharing your stuff. I'm, gonna not, I'm not going to follow you any longer. I've had people actually tell me that. And so it's like, what is the issue when you have someone that is willing to fight, put their lives on the line, put their their dignity on the line, put everything that they're being on the line for this country and for people here. And then you have someone come along and dislike you because you're trying to make something positive of yourself. You're trying to do something positive in this country. I mean, people send me messages and say, you need to stay away from Alex Jones. And I'm like, <laughs> why? I'm like this. See, this is the problem because they listen to the socialist mainstream media to believe that something that is completely false and then people take it in and they absorb it. And then guess what? People are afraid to say stuff. People are afraid to do things. You know what? I'm going to tell you this because I've watched Alex Jones for a long time, and he used to fearlessly use the word deep state, fearlessly use it. And back then it was like, oh, it's a conspiracy, the deep state. Trump uses the word deep state. I was just at an event with uh, Congressman Dan Bishop. He was giving a talk. He used the word specifically deep state. Yeah. It's real. It's, and, and, yeah, it is and, real. And, right. It is and, real. And we just have to be brave and stand up. All right, everybody. Trumpography. Gene Ho. Trumpography. Get the book on Amazon. Get the book on Amazon. Show them some love. And when you do, leave a, leave a description. Say, hey, I got the book. Will Johnson sent me. Will Johnson, Tom Pepper sent me. Send some love. Send some love. All right. We got a special report after this. We will see you tomorrow. God's willing. God bless.
social media censorship, questioning whether or not the earth is a globe has been deemed harmful thought. But why is this? We seem to be conditioned to think that the issue has been scientifically settled. But this is not the case. Our most popular scientists recognize that the geocentric model, where the earth is at the center of the universe, is observably accurate. Edwin Hubble and Stephen Hawking went as far as to say that they reject the geocentric model not based on scientific reasoning, but rather because they find the thought of being at the center of the universe to be emotionally disturbing. Physicist George Ellis stated that you cannot disprove the geocentric model. You can only exclude it on philosophical grounds. The Michelson-Morley experiment in the 1880s proved the Earth was stationary, and Albert Einstein claimed this was a serious embarrassment and intended to disprove it with his relativity theory, but later admitted that he had failed to do so. We are conditioned to think that the heliocentric model is scientifically superior to the geocentric model, but when we apply scientific reasoning, we discover that this is not true. Contrary to popular thought, the scientific community has disputed the heliocentric model for centuries, such as the Earth's curvature. According to the heliocentric Earth model, the Earth is 24,000 miles in circumference, and if one were standing at sea level, they should only be able to see less than three miles before the surface of the Earth curves out of view. But this has been proven to be false for centuries, from the Bedford Level experiments of 1838 to modern photography. This photograph of Chicago was taken almost 60 miles away from Grand Mere State Park in Michigan. On a spherical Earth, this would be impossible. Using the Pythagorean theorem and the current dimensions of the Earth, the top of the tallest skyscraper should be 900 feet below the observable horizon. Local news explained this anomaly by claiming the image was a mirage. And what you're seeing here is a mirage. We typically would not be able to see this from the Lake Michigan shore. We talked about this last night. Conditions are right on the lake that we're actually seeing a mirage. They claimed that somehow light refraction and perfect weather conditions are responsible for creating a photorealistic mirage of the Chicago skyline appearing to sit on the flat horizon from almost 60 miles away. Anomalies in the Earth's curvature can also be found in old lighthouses, able to be seen for several miles past what is possible on the heliocentric model, and weapons guidance systems that are capable of sighting targets that would only be possible on a flat plane. We are accustomed to observing ships disappearing over the curve, but with modern consumer cameras, we can observe that this seems to be an optical illusion based on light reflection 
and the laws of perspective. Many of us tend to think the planet is too big to observe curvature, but the empirical evidence tells us that either the surface of the Earth is a flat plane, or the planet is at least 100 times bigger than we are told. Another very intriguing argument for flat Earthers is Antarctica, the mysterious massive continent at our southern pole that nobody is allowed to explore. After sailing over 60,000 miles along the Antarctic coastline, Captain Cook was never able to complete the journey around the ice continent, which is supposed to be just under 12,000 miles around. Neither was James Clark Ross or the British ship Challenger. Nobody has ever successfully circumnavigated Antarctica. Many so-called flat earthers claim that these attempts failed because Antarctica is actually a massive ice barrier that surrounds the flat surface of the Earth. The azimuthal equidescent projection map produced by the U.S. Geological Survey has been used for centuries for the fact that all directions or azimuths are correct and all distances are at true scale. Studying this map, one can clearly see how man has been able to accurately circumnavigate the Earth on a flat plane model. And if it is in fact accurate, then it explains why after 60,000 miles, nobody has been able to completely circumnavigate Antarctica. Interestingly, this is also the map used by the United Nations. Admiral Richard Byrd, Medal of Honor winner, youngest admiral in the history of the Navy, and recipient of three ticker tape parades in his honor, led four expeditions to Antarctica. The fourth being a military operation known as Operation High Jump, with an aircraft carrier group, 4,700 men, 13 support ships, and 33 aircraft. Their stated mission was to establish the Antarctic research base Little America 4, but many believe the true nature of the secret mission was to root out the Nazis who arrived in 1939, claiming New Schwabia and setting up a Nazi presence in Antarctica. In 1954, Admiral Richard Byrd spoke on TV of an area bigger than the United States with valuable resources and announced a future of international exploration. Our very distinguished guest for this evening is Admiral Richard E. Byrd. Strangely enough, there is left in the world today an area as big as the United States that's never been seen by a human being. And that's beyond the pole on the other side of the South Pole from Middle America. We've found enough coal within 180 miles of the South Pole in a great uh, ridge of mountains that's not covered with snow, enough to supply the whole world for quite a while. And it's, uh, I think it's quite astonishing that there should be an area as big as that unexplored. That's a tremendous So challenge. there's a lot of adventure left down at the bottom of the world. Well, Admiral, do you hope to see that? I do. So I'm willing to say to you that uh, there will be a number of expeditions that will follow, I think, uh, year after year, the bottom of the world, because the government has really become interested. But this never happened. In 1957, Admiral Byrd died in his sleep of a heart ailment at the age of 68 
And on December 1st, 1959, all 12 countries active in Antarctica signed a United Nations treaty that outlawed all public travel south of the 60th Southern Parallel. This was the same time that NASA was formed. The world's attention was pulled away from exploring Antarctica and directed firmly on the moon. In 1962, a series of high-altitude nuclear tests was carried out by the United States. It was called Operation Fishbowl, which has caught the curiosity of many Flat Earth researchers because the Flat Earth model shared by the ancients was one where we lived within a sphere, upon a flat surface, and surrounded by a massive dome, like a fishbowl, or the Truman Show. In 2012, the secret lost diary of Admiral Richard E. Byrd was published, wherein Admiral Byrd allegedly claimed to enter a hollow earth through a hole in the center of Antarctica and meet with an advanced alien civilization. The diary provides no evidence of being authentic, and many would suggest that it portrays the distinguished admiral as a crackpot and strange tales of Antarctica as fantasy. To this day, the public is strictly prohibited from traveling below the 60th Southern Parallel. Nobody has ever completely circumnavigated Antarctica. And airplanes are prohibited from flying over the icy continent. What are they hiding? There is now talk of investing trillions of dollars to explore Mars. Why not Antarctica? If sharing videos about flat Earth is harmful, why not put it all to rest? by circumnavigating Antarctica, documenting everything, and prove that the Earth is a spinning globe. For InfoWars.com, this is Greg Reese. InfoWars, tomorrow's news, today.